0: Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed.
1: Hey, Royals fans, stick around here in just a second. We're going to get into a minor league minute, and then we're going to recap the last five seasons of minor league baseball for Kansas City. Welcome back into another episode of the Royals Farm Report Podcast. My name is Alex Duvall. I'm still recovering from a charity um, concert event last night. So this is, if I sound like I've just been banging cigarettes all day, it's because <laughs> I feel like it. I feel awful. So um, we're here. We're going to grind it out and we're going to go back to work tomorrow with a smile on our face, Joshua.
2: Yes, we are. I uh, it, does it count like do you feel any better because it was a charity event? Does it like, oh, yeah. take the sting a little bit off of it?
1: Yes, of course. It's like, yeah, if you you can do anything to raise money for charity and I think it goes like pretty uh-huh. much anything goes. so yep. it was actually kind of a cool deal. It's um a dear friend of ours lost her life to stage four lung cancer a few years ago, and so oh, every hell. year we do this. <laughs> Every year we do this, this event to raise money for her doctors, uh, charity that he runs and other charities around Kansas city and nationally really. So it's a cool deal. I think last year we raised $472,000 among like 1800 people, right? So there's a, there's a lot wow. of people, a lot of donors. And then this year there's almost two, 2000 people. Again, I think we'll get half a mil. So very cool deal. Very, very wow. much fun. Um, but anyway that is what i'm recovering from so
2: a tough a tough joke about the uh <laughs> the smoking ripping cigs yeah well i didn't think about it before <laughs> hey hey it's all right this is okay charity you got the karma on your side now yeah karma yeah hopefully on my side for like another week or so because
1: mm-hmm. i'm going back to work and i might yeah you are so anyway really quick uh before we get into it here let's hear a quick word from our sponsor kansas city strength and conditioning
3: from the beginning We knew right away that we wanted to do strength conditioning and a throwing program for the baseball and softball community. It wasn't something we were trying to back into or all of a sudden learn. We knew we were really good at these coaching these skills from the get-go. And the fact that we're in the same business and the employees are all on the same page, you know, we can write a program based off of what a kid needs, not just getting him stronger or faster from a general sense. It's what does this kid need? On the pitching end, we can say, hey, this kid needs such and such. He needs to do this or that better. A lot of times, it turns out it's not something that needs to be fixed in the baseball cage or on the throwing mound. It actually needs to be fixed in the weight room.
1: All right, Josh, we're going to get into the minor league minute really quick. Uh, Our minor league minute is brought to you guys by drum farm. Drum farm is a foster care center out in Lee summit, Missouri, off Lee summit road. They have all kinds of great facilities for foster care families to live on campus in community with one another. They have an awesome farmer's market every Saturday morning, all summer. I think it ends at the beginning of October. So you still got a little bit over a month to get out there on Saturday morning. Uh, They have fresh cinnamon rolls, all kinds of great stuff, vegetables. They have, well, earlier in the year, they had a plant. You're going to go out there and buy tomato plants. They'd started for you. They got a petting zoo. Very cool opportunity to go support some great kids and their mission to grow in life together. So uh, thank you to Drum Farm for getting into or for sponsoring the Minor League Minute this year. Josh, Columbia is on fire. They dropped their game today, but they are, oh man, I forgot their record. They are well above 500 in the second half. They're half of a game, maybe a full game now, out of the playoffs. But they are cruising. And if you aren't familiar, in minor league baseball, in some leagues, at some levels, they start a second half of the season for the playoff record. So Columbia was awful. I mean, we'll just be objective. They were awful in the first half. But in the second half, they are well above 500, and they're one game out of a second-half playoff spot. So vice versa. You could secure a playoff spot in the first half, be awful in the second half, and still go on playing the playoffs. Columbia is chasing a playoff spot, and they now have an influx of talent that they got through the draft yeah, and through, from Arizona. Javier Voss is up. He's playing well. Gavin Cross has hit four home runs. He's been there for two weeks. Incredible. Four home runs for Columbia, five in his professional campaign so far. Caden Wallace. Carter Jensen, I just want to read you Carter Jensen's August stats really quick, if I can find his player page here. Carter Jensen, ever since Gavin Cross and Caden Wallace joined him in Columbia, is hitting 353 with a 1.028 OPS. All Carter Jensen needed was a little bit of help in that lineup, and oh. he has taken off an OPS over 1,000 for the month of August. He's been incredible. That whole team has been really, really good of late. But the Columbia
2: Fireflies, hashtag second-half team, they're on a roll, man. Somebody messed up. Somebody done messed up and let the Fireflies get hot. Because here we are talking about this lineup. And for seemingly the first time the whole year, we got three really good starts from those prep trios between Panzini, Cooter, and Mazzucato, all seemingly for different reasons, too. Panzini, K-9. Over five innings pitched, three earned, give up, so not great, but still K nine is is most definitely promising. Kuderna quality start. Um, his his final line, let me pull it up here. Six innings pitched, seven hits, two earned, and three Ks. Didn't walk anybody, so efficiency, efficiency, efficiency. Kind of a different thing that we've seen from him most of the year. And then Mazzucato, four innings pitched that were hitless. He still walked forward, and I believe he gave up only one run. Uh, but still, different reasons. I mean, you just kind of see a little bit of what you want to see from those three guys, and uh, uh, couldn't come at a better time because if they start hitting their stride at this playoff uh, push, just push them right through the playoffs, and let's see it uh, see it on the the big ish stage. <laughs> what, what do you call that? They've they've all been really good.
1: I mean, you you yeah. introduce. Caden Wallace to a lineup. Caden Wallace has an OPS of 847 in his Mm -hmm. brief time with the team. Uh, Gavin Cross has an OPS of 1.070. So, again, another hitter in the middle of that lineup with an OPS over 1,000 for the month of August, again, in his brief stint there in Columbia. This team reminds me a lot of that Wilmington Blue Rocks team from 2019. We talk yeah. about Nick Prado and MJ Melendez in Wilmington all the time. It was a struggle in 2019 for two of Kansas City's best prospects. But that team found ways to win games at an incredible clip. They went on to win, the, I think it was the Carolina League Championship in 2019. They were awesome. They were yeah. awesome all year as a team, even though individuals struggled. And I know Prado and Melendez struggled for the most part, but even in like the biggest games, they'd come up with a runner on third, one out, and find mm-hmm. ways to get the runner in, even if it didn't help their average or their OPS. That was yep. an incredible team. And this Columbia Firefly team is a very similar feel. It hasn't been great all year. It's been a little rocky at times. And yet this team is probably going to make the playoffs with the way they're playing now. And once you get them in, there's not a lot of teams I'd pick over them. You add in a Ben Sears. You add in, maybe if you can get a couple of these. I can't remember the kid out of BYU's name at the moment. It's been a long weekend. But the uh, McKeon maybe, Jack Jack McKeon, he's a left-handed reliever. He's very talented. They've drafted some kids out of college. If you can get an influx of that talent to help this team out, they've got a chance to win the whole thing down there um and, and get a what are they calling it now it's not the it's not low A east anymore they've gone back to their old name so the south atlantic league um
3: mm, yep. they've
1: got a chance they've got a chance to to win a championship
2: so this team's been a lot of fun yeah and there was a certain uh baseball publication here in america if you could piece that through but they had a podcast this week talking about uh columbia is one of the worst minor league teams that they had seen all year and it seems like that has potentially turned around. And, I mean, like you said, you kind of pointed out, we already had that trio of pitchers and Carter Jensen in there, and then they throw in Caden Wallace, they throw in uh, Gavin Cross, they throw in Javier Foss, and now all of a sudden they might be the team to watch in this league. They might become the new appointment television for the rest of the season. We'll have to see.
1: I want to pull something up really quick because I felt like I saw something earlier today that I wanted to bring up and forgot about. Oh, yeah. Guess who else has a 760 OPS at low A right? Or and for the month of August, 760 OPS for the Columbia Fireflies.
2: Oh, I don't know,
1: Eric Pena. Yeah. So a 760 OPS is not great. It's probably right around a 100 weighted runs created plus. It's probably very average for the league, maybe a tick above average. It's not. I'm not saying Eric Pena has been a savior, but just getting. Average contribution from a guy who was struggling mightily early in the yep. year has been huge for the team. If Eric Pena gets hot and all of a sudden you have four big hitters in that Columbia lineup, I would give them a really good chance at winning that championship. So, anyway, just another guy who continues to
2: hit. Has he been? Uh, he's been hurt? Question mark. Yeah,
1: he's only got thirty some plate appearances, so yeah, he, he hasn't played he may since not, the thirteenth. Oh, he's. He, it's been that long since he's been yeah. out. Yep. Oh, I didn't realize that.
2: But those thirteen days, real good, real nice, Clark.
1: I didn't realize he was out all week.
2: Yeah, I didn't either. I was wondering why he didn't show up in my uh, in my filter of the last seven days, but that would make sense. That would make sense. Hmm. Get well soon.
1: <laughs> let's uh, let's bump up to high A in the Quad Cities River Bandits, who also continue to play pretty well. I want to highlight from that team Peyton Wilson because Peyton Wilson has been very, very, very good of late. Mm -hmm. 781 OPS in August. That was preceded by an 842 OPS in July and an 878 OPS in June. He had a really, really bad stretch in May. In May, Peyton Wilson's OPS, 494. (laughs) But in every other month, he's been exceptional. 9.44 OPS in April, 8.78 in June, 8.42 in July, 7.81 in August. He's been outstanding. The switch hitter doesn't have drastic splits. He's basically the same guy, right and left. He, When you put guys on base, he gets even better. So, uh, like I said, like a 9.09 OPS with runners on first. So he's been a godsend for that team that has struggled at times, especially just being consistent they quad cities will show flashes of being a playoff team. And then they show flashes of man. That team clearly doesn't have a lot of top prospects. I don't think they're going to be able to snag a playoff spot this year, but it's still a good team. And they're still fun to watch. Ryland Kaufman has been pitching a lot better of late. I need to pull up his numbers in terms of like his last five starts or whatever. Didn't look at him, but just start from this week. Seven strikeouts, one walk, and five innings, or something like that. He's six, been...
2: six innings, four hits, two walks, seven strikeouts, and one earned. I must have stopped watching that game in the fifth because, yeah, he may have gotten that ding dong up in the sixth. Yeah. That's right. Okay. Yeah, I quit
1: watching that game in the fifth. I quit following. I was like, ah, Kaufman's been good tonight. On to the next yeah. guy. Um, but yeah, so as you again, kind of like Columbia, but with less obvious talent there's there's pieces of that team that are still worth watching none of their affiliates in the second half of the season have been totally avoidable like mm-hmm. columbia earlier in the season with all due respect you could not you could just not watch those games they were really hard to watch at times yeah. but they got an injection of talent they bring in a lot of young starters they bring in that draft class and now all of a sudden columbia's must see tv in mm-hmm. a lot of ways quad Cities hasn't really added a lot of guys. They added Daryl Collins, but it's mostly the same team. They've they've actually lost Luca Tresh and yeah. um, uh, who else did they sent to double A double-A in that move? Diego I mean, Hernandez. No
2: Cameron. No Cameron was there, We're just shoving for a while. Yeah,
1: he's back, and they yep. lost Diego Hernandez to double A as well. Yep. And they haven't yep. missed a beat. They're still fun to watch. They still have reasons to watch. Um, but speaking of that double A team, Luca Tresh hit his first double A home run today. Mm-hmm. He's been. Okay for the excuse me for the naturals. Um, but he got his first home run today. He's heating up a little bit. Diego Hernandez has like 10 hits in his last four games, so yep. he's been really, really good. Tyler Gentry just keeps hitting. <laughs> the man has an OPS north of a thousand for the third month of the season in the month of April. A 1313 OPS. June 1056, August 1048. July nine oh two May a pedestrian seven oh three as he was adjusting to double A. Yeah. Otherwise, this man has been insane. He is making a joke out of minor league pitching. His mm. splits also don't change right versus left. He's the same hitter versus right and left handed pitchers today. He hit a ball four hundred and forty feet to center field. He's been outstanding. I don't think they move him to Triple A Omaha this year. I feel like he would have been in that in that group that. Uh, went earlier with Diego coming to double-A and Lofton going to triple-A. I think Gentry would have made the move then if he was going to get bumped, but he's been outstanding. If I had to guess next year, he gets a long look in spring training. They send him to Omaha, and then he's up in like June or July. So I think Gentry's on the fast track. He's a big right-handed bat that the Royals frankly could use in a lineup where Hunter Dozier is not producing whatsoever in the second half. He's been awful in the second half. They've got to find some right-handed production to help out Salvi and Witt Jr because when they're at their best, it's a lot of lefties. And mm-hmm. that's okay, but it does leave you um exposed to good left-handed relievers. We've seen Mike Matheny go get Nick Prado for Brent Rooker like four times in the last yep. week, which is another thing, but having more right-handed hitters in the lineup makes it less likely that you have to make that move and allows Prader to stay in the lineup longer, I think. Um, But anyway, Gentry
2: could be that big bat they need in the middle of the lineup. I do wonder if there's going to be enough at-bats because, I mean, we mentioned Dozier, but there's also Isbell. There's also Taylor still going to be in the mix at the moment. We'll see if he gets done in the offseason. Olivera seems to – I mean, he's been injured, so people keep forgetting about him, but he's going to be around. He seems to have gotten – given enough reason to uh, take a good long look at him in spring training at the beginning of the year. And then Drew Waters, we might talk about him in a little bit. Uh, he's figuring in the conversation as well, Nick Lofton. Uh, there's going to be dudes that could be uh, could be ready to take that step, and we'll just have to see if they can get some PAs for him. I do think it's going to be interesting how they handle the lineup. On 100%. one hand...
1: The Giants have made use of having 12 legitimate big league hitters in their lineup the last couple of years. Yeah. The Dodgers kind of famously will rotate 12, 13 guys in there. So the good teams have 12 or 13 that they platoon as efficiently as possible. I think Nate Eaton and Kyle Isbell can be a good example of that. I think Dozier should probably start playing predominantly against left-handed pitching. I think, you know, Edward Olivares is probably a left-handed platoon bat. I Mm. think they have the pieces for the platoon. Now it's about finding nine regulars because as much as I love watching these young guys play, I don't think they have the beef. I don't think they have a complete nine-man lineup yet that you run out there every day, pencil in and just set and forget. But they're not far away either, I don't think. Nick Lofton is an Omaha. He has crushed left-handed pitching this year. And been serviceable against righties. I think he's a guy who can play every day and be very good for your team. Michael Garcia is close, Tyler Gentry's close. You've got guys coming now. How can you piece them together? And the inevitable that we'll wait till the offseason to get into which of these guys are going to be moved to make this team better? I yeah. think it's inevitable. I don't think yeah. it's if somebody gets traded for, for something else. I think it's when. At what point do the Royals move these guys and what do they go get? Do they trade? Some combination of Garcia, Waters, and Alec Marsh for a center fielder. Do they add in a Jonathan Boland and try to go get Pablo Lopez out of Miami? I think they have lots of options. I hmm. don't know what their preference will be, but I think it's—I think we can assume it's probably a pitcher in some capacity. It's just a matter of who they—who do they package?
0: Yeah.
1: And one thing on that note, the Royals, for the most part, on the majority of the time are very good about doing internal analysis of their own players and trading the right players at the right time. We saw that with Will Myers. That is examples A and B in my mind. Mm. Keeping Myers in Omaha while he raked didn't expose him to the big league pitchers. They got everything they could ever want for him in a trade. Will Myers has been very good, but not great in the big leagues. I think those are the types of moves the Royals are really good at executing and I think it's the type of move we could see this offseason. And they'll tell us who they're higher on when they make that trade.
2: What What is the – can you think of a trade where it was obvious that the Royals gave up on a guy too soon? I mean, we've talked – we've had the Brian Goodwins. We've had the Jake Junises, We've seen their cases. We've seen like the Estuary Ruiz that we – that deal from a few years ago. Has there been a trade in recent memory where – uh, the Royals gave up on a guy or released a guy, and they turned on to be something. Is it Brian? Good- is Brian Goodwin the best case? Well, the, the funny the- thing
1: is they they cut him. They just let him go. Right,
2: right. And, and Junis, they let walk. Yeah, um, and he's 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 starting to bleed a little bit. I mean, he had that he had that injury a little bit, and then he started coming back down to earth. Really good start
1: today against Colorado. Six yeah. six strikeouts, no walks three runs in six and two-thirds innings in Colorado, so it's not bad. But still, 3.52 ERA. He'd be statistically one of the Royals' best pitchers this year. Sure. 100%. Despite the injury. But I think we're going to say, like, that's not a guy you should probably give up on, right? So I think really the the biggest examples are guys they cut without giving a look. Um, Jose Martinez, a great example of this. In 2015, your right fielder probably shouldn't have been Alex Rios. It probably should have been – is. That's his name, Jose Martinez, right? He's yep, a guy that went and yep. played played yep. first He's season.
2: like
1: 6'7. Yeah. I think it's a great example of a guy that probably could have helped your lineup in 2015. Now, obviously yeah. it worked. Like
2: yeah, no nobody's complaining about totally. it. I
1: mean, <laughs> but saying, he went into St. Louis and was a really good hitter. Yeah. And yeah. we had actually the City had the, the benefit. You could have DH'd him. Like, yeah. They couldn't have. We could have. Um so the fact that they found a way to fit him in again, but I think the 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 point of all this is most of the time the guys they give up on are guys they cut, and mm. maybe Estuary Ruiz, Estuary Ruiz, I can't remember how you pronounce his first name. Yep. Maybe he's the example, but we haven't really seen him be good at the major league level yet. So mm-hmm. we'll see. But they and trained. He knows him what he would have been if he'd have been he in org. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, I mean he was, he was a teenager, so I don't even think you can consider that giving up on. I just think the Royals do a good job of and, – and it's funny because sometimes I disagree with how they evaluate players. And I, I really mm-hmm. think like what they've done with Prado and, and pulling him against left-handed pitchers is an example. I disagree with the premise. I disagree with not letting him face big league relievers
3: mm-hmm.
1: and letting him learn. I think Ned Yost did a brilliant job with Alcides Escobar – of making sure he got that experience, even at the uh, the negative, even to the
2: <laughs> even being the worst leadoff hitter in all of Major yeah, League, yeah. Well, and, and, and
1: like think about 2012 <laughs> and 13. Seems yeah. like Iski came up with a game on the line, and to the what's the word? I am drawing a blank. To the Sugar it in. hurt the team at the time, yeah. But obviously, long term, it, it helped. It was the right move. Mm-hmm. So anyway. But So things like that I still disagree with, but for the most part, they do a really good job. And whoever they trade, I'll trust. Fingers crossed that player goes on, has a good career, but doesn't hurt the Royals in terms of of trade bait. So we'll see how that goes. And this is a
2: timely discussion with the Keller to the bullpen
1: situation. (laughs) Yes. So we'll see. We'll see how that goes. Um, Jumping up to AAA Omaha, Drew Waters, who has been everybody's favorite player ever since he came over from, from Atlanta, 891 OPS in July, 854 OPS in June. On-base percentage, 378, 380. His slugging is down a little bit in August, but his on-base is is right up there where it
2: was in July. I mean, this kid, he's... Doing it all. He's making him walk as much as he struck out, and strikeouts are the black eye that he has. So if he's able to even get that ratio even remotely close to one, I think you're, you're chalking that up as a win.
1: Mm-hmm. Nick Lofton,
2: 754
1: OPS in August. He has not found his groove in Omaha just yet. I think we talked about it last week, but it's, it's funny. It's not funny. It's weird to me that Nate Eaton, Michael Massey, go from AA to a get better, and then Nick Lofton, Michael Garcia, who are also hitting just fine at mm. the AA level. They go to Omaha and for the first time all year, maybe in their careers, have a four strikeout game like right off the bat. Just kind of. Power hitters now. Yeah. And no (laughs) way am I worried about Nick Lofton or Michael Garcia. It's just funny that they have struggled way more with that transition than Massey and Eaton did. So we'll see. They are clearly not big pieces to the puzzle for the next eight months or so. At the Mm -hmm. end of next year, will be a better time to evaluate them at the higher levels. Um, but Nick Loft and Michael Garcia both made the making the transition to Omaha. Um, that Omaha team has gotten more fun to watch. And Brewer Hicklin's name is a name that's gonna come up here in a little bit. Brewer mm-hmm. Hicklin continues to hit the ball well. He does he have twenty stolen bases? Ooh, I can check. That. Or is he at 18? Because if he does, he's got twenty two home runs. So he's got
2: 25 stolen bases. So
1: he's already got a 2020 season. Mm-hmm. He hit a couple home runs this week. If he continues to hit home runs, he's got a shot for a 30-30 season, which yeah. is exactly I drafted Brewer Hicklin, number one overall in our RFR fantasy league. Yep. That was dumb in hindsight. Overthought that one by a mile. But he does he's done exactly why I drafted him. Yeah. 20 home runs, close to 20 doubles, I believe. Twenty stolen bases. Like this is exactly what I thought I was going to get. I just didn't expect his strikeout rate to jump eight percent, making right. a jump to AAA. Um, but he's, he's like, a dynamic player, man.
2: He he was up with the was it a COVID thing or was it? Uh, he was, yeah, like, was it a twenty seven It was a COVID thing. Well, he, he. I mean, I I am interested to see if he gets a shot. Um, it's, like you said, his K rate is a big issue, but he just does everything else very well. He's a hell of an athlete. I would love to see him. He's a super nice guy, so I'd like to see you at least get a get a little taste, even if it is a cup of coffee. Uh, but that would require a forty man move, which is uh, like we've talked about before is starting to become quite a premium this winter. Yep, they are going to have a lot of decisions to make, and mm-hmm.
1: it wouldn't shock me if Hicklin was picked up yeah. by the, the Orioles, Cow- the A's, Pirates. Yeah, early in that Rule Five, so. We'll see.
2: Yep. That has been um, our minor league minute. Wait, oh, one more right. time. One yep. more thing. Kowar. Can we talk about Kowar for just a second? Please. I feel like with the Keller demotion, we talked about not demotion, but move to the bullpen. That does kind of open up a slot for Kowar. Uh, Castillo was the call. He got the spot start this last week, but in his last four starts, he's gotten 15 innings pitched, four earned, five hits, still very high on walks with eight walks, but 15 or sixteen K's, an 087 whip. I kind of wonder if he gets a shot at that start against San Diego on Friday. That would be the lineup for his next rotation or his next start. Um, I could see them kind of switching around, and I think they have a travel day on Thursday. So maybe there's a co start coming on Friday. But he's been back. He's still walking dudes, um, so maybe not. But we'll see. I, I, I'd like to see him back up at the in the majors at some point and maybe starting games.
1: I think the way they're using him in the rotation doesn't lead me to believe maybe they think he's going to start and be a bulk starter long-term, Yeah. but could they continue to give him starting opportunities to throw some innings with the hope that he can be a multi-inning reliever? Mm -hmm. I'm I'm curious to see how they handle that because I was actually shocked, frankly, that they sent Max Castillo down after a good start. So we'll see how they handle it, but they do have a lot of young options and they kind of need to figure out – who they want on the 40-man roster long-term. Yep. Maybe they trade Jackson Coar in the offseason if they if they don't think they can fix him and they think another team's willing to pay what they deem to be too much for him.
2: Uh, I want. I just want him to fix him. I, his changeup just makes me so happy to see. I just want to see it. in, the, in, in If it's in the bullpen and he's just pitching 97-mile-an-hour gas and that nasty changeup, I think it'll play. Um, give me a little show-me third pitch, and I think he's got something. So. Yeah, it would break my heart if he got traded and then turned into the Michael Kopech of, of, of someone else's team. Don't get me started.
1: <laughs> okay, we can shut down the minor league, minute. that works for me. Big, big shout-out to Drum Farm again for picking up the minor league minute this year. Uh, Really quick, if you're looking for the best selection of Royals tickets, be sure to check out my friends over at TicketsForLess.com. TicketsForLess.com, you'll find the best selection of Royals tickets at the best prices, and you'll never pay outrageous per-ticket service fees like you do on other sites. Plus, use our exclusive partner code to save even more money on your tickets. Simply use promo code KCSN22 at TicketsForLess.com. Again, that's KCSN22, Memories for Life. Start at TicketsForLess.com.
0: Just go to Indeed.com slash blue wire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed.
1: All right, Josh. It's been a little bit since we've done a game show style segment on this podcast. So here's what we're going to do. We had to change the rules a little bit to account for our circumstances tonight, Mm. but here's what we're going to do. I have the top 10 Royals prospects. So only minor league stats. So like Vinny stats in the big leagues this year do not count. So only minor league stats since the beginning of 2017, right before. So we started Royals farm report in June of 2017. So these go from the beginning of the 2017 season the top 10 in a few particular categories, here's how the game works. You have to pick... You get three strikes, essentially, is what we're going to do. You get three strikes at each category. For every guy you get right, you get a point. But at the beginning of each category, I get to pick two players that I do not think you will get right. And if I'm correct, I get... Three points per player. So if you okay. get a perfect score, you get ten. But you could get eight guys right, and if you don't get my two, I get six. You get eight. Okay. So <laughs> what we're gonna, we'll go through here. Basically, here is going to work. Let me know if I can help. What? <laughs> you cannot help, Siri. Go away.
2: What is happening?
1: Josh has his Siri turned on, ready to. It <laughs> was
2: my watch. I was gripping it too hard. I was just so excited to play hey, this Siri, game.
1: Who has the most total minor league home runs beginning of 2017 <laughs> season? Oh, my I Siri just, picked up on that.
2: Uh, a good, a good first question. This is cumulative. Cumulative not, not home season. runs
1: since the beginning of the 2017 minor league season. I need the top 10 Royals prospects in home runs. You get three strikes.
2: Oh, okay. Since 2017. Wait, so here, hang go. on. I
1: got to pick my two guys. Oh, okay. I'm going to pick the number five and number 10 player on this list.
2: Okay. Okay. Um, got to go start it off with Nick, Nicholas Prado. Nick
1: Prado, number one with 80 home runs and was that 17, 18, 19? No, 21, 22 in parts of five minor league seasons.
2: Okay. If he's on there, then MJ's got to be on there. Number two, tied at number two with 75. Uh, would not surprise me if uh, Brewer-Hicklin got to be on there, right? Brewer-Hicklin, number four with 74.
1: Four. Okay. One fewer than the people tied at 75, so at number
2: two. Wow. Okay. Um, Vinny pasquatino has got to be up there. He's at number six with 56 home runs. Okay. Okay. This is where we get a little hairy. Um, how about Ryan O'Hearn? Number eight with 54 oh, okay. home runs. Yep, He was a monster. He could not stop hitting them the last two seasons when he gets sent down. Hence him being your backup. If he's on there, then I got to go as his his battery mate in uh, Frank Schwindel. Number nine, 48 home runs. You are okay. was no strikes. <clears throat> Feel like I'm running out of obvious candidates, though. You're missing the most obvious. I don't know. Why are
1: you doing that to me? Tied at number two with 75 home runs. Um. Man, no, he's not. Oh, Sully
2: Matias. Sully
1: Matias. Yeah, yeah, number yeah. 75. So you've still got three. You've got my two that I didn't think you would get, and you yeah. have not gotten. Someone who is tied with Vinny at number six.
2: Ooh. Okay. Um, how about he's been crushing the last three three or four seasons, Mr. Logan Porter. Not on the list. Strike mm, one. Okay. All right. There's a cumulative. Guy who's been there a while. Hmm. Ryan McBroom. Not on the list. Good guess. Not
3: mm-hmm. on
1: the
2: list. Strike two. I mean, how did he hit? He hit like 30-30 last year in Omaha? Hmm. Okay. Um, I mean, Cancel is only – he's extra bases, but he's not home runs. Um, I'm Trying to think of like corner infielders and corners outfielders. I don't know. Uh, Sebastian Rivera.
1: Definitely not on the list. You missed a Rivera. Emmanuel Rivera, number 10, 47. Gabriel Cancel tied at number six with 56. And at number five with 66
2: home runs, Juan Carlos Negret. Oh, I like that. I was gonna bring up Negret in the uh, my league minute. He had a really good really good week, but he did. So struck, that played out for the year.
1: Exactly like I hoped it would. You uh-huh. got seven correct and you mm-hmm. didn't get either of mine, so I get six points. So we'll go with a, yeah, we'll just go with that seven to six as yep. we head into round two. I set the minimum number of plate appearances since 2017. At a thousand to weed out the the because this is a rate stat, so it's mostly big names. Everybody on this list is somebody you would you would know well. I'm gonna say that you won't get number four. What's and the category? Five. I'm gonna say you won't get number four or a player tied at number five. The category is best weighted runs created plus since the beginning of 2017 cumulative. Throughout the minor leagues, I'm going to say you won't get four, or a guy that's tied at number five, and it will be obvious um, at the end of this who, which one I'm picking.
2: Okay. Uh, okay. Um, in
1: fact, if you agree to it, I will double down at number four. All six <laughs> of my points that you will not get the player at number four. If you, if you'll allow it. Jeez. Deal. Okay. Okay, I'm doubling down. You will not get the player at number four. So, top ten answers are on the board. Best weighted runs created plus since the beginning of 2017. Minimum of 1,000 played appearances.
2: Okay. Um, let's stick with uh, Brewer Hicklin. He's been around for a minute. Number two at 128. Wow. Okay. See, he needs a shot. He needs a shot. Um. So, let's see. Seems like... Prado should be on this as well, as well as MJ. Tied at number five with 120. Okay. And MJ?
1: Number, tied at number seven at 119.
2: I don't think Bobby Witt is in there. I don't think.
1: I will I will tell you he did not have a 1,000 plate appearances.
2: Okay. Matias. I mean, just think about these same guys we just went over. He's had a 1,000, I think, but he's, I don't know if his weight. Let's just say Suley. Suley on there. Strike one, he is not on there. Okay. Well, let's – I mean, Emmanuel Rivera, Rivera did me in last one, so he's got to be on this list, right? He's at number 10 with 115. There you go. Not going to do me again, Emmanuel Rivera. Good luck in Arizona, by the way. Uh, uh Ooh. Well, yeah, let's say Vinny. Vinny Pasquitino. Number one with a bullet at 151. Yeah. What's his play- – how many play appearances does he have? I don't know. At least a thousand. That's both surprising and not. I guess. Twenty nineteen, all of twenty twenty one, part of twenty twenty two. So the stick was Ryan O'Hearn. Aaron not O'Hearn. on the list. Really.
1: Okay. Yeah, he made his. He was a rookie in twenty eighteen, so he's had a lot of time in the big league since then. So strike yeah. two, Ryan O'Hearn.
2: Hmm. He still had the the home runs. Interesting.
1: Um. So you need number three, number four, five, seven, and nine.
2: Hmm. Hmm. Mm-hmm. Let's uh, let's see. I mean, how about oh, no? He probably didn't have a thousand.
1: How about this? I'll tell you if they qualified or not.
2: Okay. What about McBroom?
1: Did not qualify.
2: Okay. What about Logan Porter? Did not qualify. Okay.
1: That's not true. He did. I'm sorry. He qualified. But the okay. fact that I just said that means probably shouldn't guess him. Okay.
2: <laughs> Deal. Uh, done. Uh, what about Negret? He does qualify. Does qualify. Didn't get him, though.
1: Is that your final answer? Yeah. Yeah. Strike three. He did not qualify. At number, th- let's go backwards. At number nine, Frank Schwindel, 117. Tied for number seven, Kyle Isbell, 119. Tied at number five. Another guy said you wouldn't get Khalil Lee at 120. Oh. At number, we'll skip number four. Number three, Michael Massey, 127. How many PSE have? Mm, I don't know, but he was also in that 2019 class of Vinny. so oh, they must have both barely. And then at number four, with a 126 weighted runs created plus, a guy that I would have sworn to you was going to contribute at the big league level in a small capacity. First baseman slash third baseman slash outfielder from the University of Texas, drafted in the 29th round, Travis Jones. <laughs> what? Dude, I love Travis Jones. He hit, he hit missiles for line drives. He had huh. no idea how to hit the ball in the air, but he could mash a fastball, and he would hit the piss out of the ball on a line, but never higher than like seven feet. So very interesting.
3: Hmm. Yeah. What anyway, else?
1: so I get six points. You ended up with five. So the score is now 12. 12. All tied up. Tied. 12. We're gonna move to some pitchers now. Since the beginning of the 2017 season, this one's a little bit tougher. You mm-hmm. got to think outside the box here, but you got to think of in terms of availability. So I mean, this is total strikeouts. So pitchers who would have thrown the most innings have the best chance. you got to think a little bit outside the box. We are most strikeouts since the beginning of 2017. I will guess that there's no way that you get number two and number seven.
2: I can't believe – I can't believe – oh, my God. The fact that I don't think you can get the second
1: one is pretty telling. This is a veritable –
2: Who's who's that's uh,
1: not going to go well? Just lots of guys that have thrown lots of innings. There is actually also two members of that 2018 draft class on here.
2: Okay, so let's go with the the big ones in
1: Coar, Jackson Coar, number six with 659 strikeouts.
2: And Singer was up first, and Bolin was hurt, so I'm going to say Daniel Lynch. Not on the list. Strike one. Okay. So the other one's got to be Boobitch, Strike two. Great. Great job, Josh. Doing great. Okay. There was another
1: member of that 2018 draft class that has a lot of big league time, too. He's a uh, okey pokey. Kezels. John Heasley at number nine with 320 oh,
2: the, uh How about the longtime former Royals top pitching prospect in Foster Griffin? Number one,
3: 400 oh,
2: strikeouts. I will built- tell you that
1: one, two, three of these players are no longer with the organization. Oh, that's great. One, two, three of these players are no longer considered prospects. And the tenth guy on this list is currently in the big league bullpen. You have two strikes.
2: If it's currently the big league bullpen, <clears throat> uh, Stama, Josh Stama, number ten with three hundred
1: nineteen strikeouts.
0: Hmm.
2: Okay, and then the rest are non prospects or, or not, not in the organization. organization. Okay. What a boot. Let's go with Marcelo Martinez. Damn, number three. (laughs) 413. That's a great guess. He's been around for a hot,
1: hot minute. Mm -hmm. I'll give you a clue on number four and five. Longtime starters in the organization. Number four is no longer here. Number five is in high A. Neither of them will ever be effective big league pitchers, I don't think. But they start a lot, and so they throw a lot of innings and struck out a lot of guys in those innings.
2: Well, the only guy I had left in my chamber was old Jake Junis, so I'm just going to save him just to, for time's sake. He is not
1: on this list. I expect him to be. I expect him to be on yeah. the list. So strike three, I get six, you get five, so I'm now up one. It is 18 to 18-17.
0: Hmm. As we head into
1: round four, you have yet to guess one of the players that I guaranteed you wouldn't guess, so I have that going for me. I'm five for five in that regard, (laughs) including Khalil Lee. I would have been six for six. So
2: Who was I missing on that hmm. list?
1: You were missing number eight, Adrian Alcantara, number seven, Ofrady Gomez, number five, Charlie Newweiler, number Hmm. four, Scott Blewett, and at number two, Jake Kalish.
2: Number two is Kalish? Wow. Okay.
1: So our last category here, I've got a one-point lead. Most total stolen bases since 2017. So stolen bases, I'm going to guess that you will not guess number six. This is tough because they're all kind of obvious. Um, I'll go with number six and number seven. I'm going to say you won't get six or seven. Top 10 answers are on the board. Most stolen bases since 2017. You can win it with a perfect round. Okay. You can even get eight. the eight that I said you would get and still win because you beat me by one. So Mm -hmm. here we go.
2: Okay. Got to start at the top with Tyler Tolbert.
1: Not number one, but number two with 135 stolen bases. Uh, Our guy Nick Heath got to be in there. Number three with 124. Our guy Brewer Hicklin got to be in there. Number one with a bullet with 155
2: stolen bases. That's a lot.
1: There's one, Um, two, three
2: right off top. Okay, so maybe off the radar here, but uh, what about uh, Diego Hernandez? Number 10 with 78. (laughs) Okay. Uh, Kyle Isbell. Not on the list. Strike one. Okay, 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 okay. Um. Yeah, that's tough. Cause it could be anybody. It could even be a boat. It could even be a boat. Um. I mean, Gore was gone. Dyson wasn't around. I can't think of anybody else at the moment with that group. You're missing a couple obvious ones, couple easy ones. Well, that helps.
1: <laughs> number four, number four is on the forty-man roster. Number nine is on the forty-man roster. Okay. Number eight was a former top prospect that we traded. Speaking of trading players when they have value and aren't also
2: not good. What about our old friend, Michael Gigliotti? Not on the list. Strike two.
1: What was that dude's name? If it's you have to ask me. right now, you're probably thinking of the wrong people. <laughs> <laughs> two of these players have big league time this year. One of them is currently in the big leagues.
3: How
2: about Olivares?
1: Edward Olivares is not on the list at number nine. Nate Eaton with 81, number I eight. Have thought about that. At all. Khalil Lee with 89. I should number have done, seven. DJ Burt with 90. Number six. Rubindi Haquez with 96. Number five. Rudy Martin with 102, and number four. Michael Garcia at 114. Wow. So I won this one, 21 to 24. It's a pretty
2: good day by me. I mean, Michael Garcia is very it – it's interesting that he's – you said he's number 4 Mm-hmm. 114 stolen bases since 2017. I mean, how many
1: games has he played? That's kind of crazy. He's hmm. got two different
2: oh. seasons where he's going to steal – he's going to rip 30 bags at least two right. seasons. Hmm. So. I mean, yeah, a lot of those guys. I, 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 mean, I, I obviously know DJ Bird. I obviously know Rudy Martin, but I don't think I ever, ever would have like come up with the name. I should have had Khalil Lee, especially after that last. DJ Bird but... could fly. Yeah, Yep. Yeah. So I uh, disappointed in my performance, but it's just how it goes. Them's the breaks.
3: <laughs>
2: <laughs> I have no comment for that. Neither did she.
1: <laughs> um i can't remember what i was going to say about um anything really so mm-hmm.
2: anyway any final thoughts tonight um yeah uh, my five-year-old baby girl also goes back to her day job and she starts kindergarten um so it's a little bit of a emotional week uh, for her and my mom or her and her mom um, and myself. And I just hope that, uh, you know, she goes to school with uh, being able to, you know, having been instilled the lessons that we've instilled in her and um, being able to understand that the royal system is not dead last in organizational rankings. This is absolutely nonsense, Baseball America. I love you. I respect all the work that you do. But the Royals are not the thirtieth worst re- organization in the ma- in the majors. I mean, it's just not a thing. There are, there are terrible, terrible farm systems that that are that are absolutely and unquestionably worse than the Royals' farm system at this moment. And you absolutely dropped an absolute bomb on this fan base on Tuesday. Even with you didn't even graduate Massey or Prado, and you still said they're last. It was like get out of here with that. There's plenty of good stuff in this system. You shut up and do great work like you always do.
1: Plot twist of the century. No. I'm not going to lie. You had me in the first half.
3: <laughs> that was epic.
2: Well done, sir. Thank you, sir. I, I kind of cooked that up as I was washing. I was unloading the dishwasher. I was like, you know, it'd be fun. You know, just get brush it up on my acting a little bit. Really, really sell it. So, In
1: all seriousness, that was going to be my final thought as well. <laughs> It's just an outrageous, (laughs) like, yeah, this is why you follow local work instead of national work Mm. because they don't get to see the system for what it's worth. And uh, I was, I was reading that and it's like the angels farm system is garbage. Yeah. It's garbage. I know the Royals pitching development is not where it needs to be right now, but there's legitimate talent in the organization the yes. Angels just traded Brandon Marsh, who had a 40% strikeout rate in the big leagues almost, for their top prospect. The mm-hmm. guy they got in return for Brandon Marsh is now their top prospect. That's yeah. not a good farm system. It's certainly not better than what the Royals have right now. That mm-hmm. is That was a trash take. And, and in baseball America, really, I, I believe this. If you scroll through their tweets, I, I really believe they – tweet inflammatory things about the Royals to rile us up because they know we'll feed into it. <laughs> I think that's all that was. We're not worse I, than the white Sox. We're not worse than the Braves. We're not worse yeah. than the angels. Is the farm system good at like the, the, the rankings we put out without Prado, without Massey.
0: Mm-hmm. Is
1: it good? No, I don't think so. It's mm-hmm. 22, 25, somewhere in that range, but yeah. it's not last. That was an outrageous take. Yeah. And basing it off of Columbia, you're basing all that off the low eight?
2: Stop it. Come on, Kyle. Yeah. Come on, come on, Kyle. Um, <laughs> well, the, the other part about that is even if it, it is bad, and you know what? I think it was like 16 out of the Royals' 26 roster right now was graduated in the last two seasons. It's like – that is the goal of every organizational farm system. Every every system, every team in the world would love to have that many player, major league caliber players. And if they're all going to graduate, I I understand. Like the Orioles, they're in contention and they're also really solid farm system. A, they started their rebuild a year before the Royals did, so they should be a year ahead of the Royals. And B. When they started it, they went straight down to the studs. They just stripped everything, and they drafted a bunch of prep guys. All their big draft prospects outside of Rushman have been prep guys, and they have developed them, and they are good at that, and they should be commended for that. But they should also be behind schedule at that point too. So if they are on the fringe, which most of their top guys are, They, I mean, they're going to have a good farm system and you look at that roster, it stinks. There should be no reason why they should be even close to contending at this point. They are, there's like a, a two game to the positive and run differential. They're playing in an absolute murder's row in that AL East. There's no reason why the Baltimore Orioles should be taken seriously. That's why Fancrafts had them like a three percent chance of getting into the playoffs, even if they are contending at this moment. I'm not here to hear are the Orioles are a better organization than the Royals right now, even so they have those very hard to argue points about being in contention and having a good farm system. But just saying, in the end, we graduated a ton of prospects. And if you do that with any organization, their farm system is going to stink on paper, regardless of whether or not you look and watch their games closely or not.
1: What you have to avoid is being the White Sox. and This is (laughs) why your farm system has to be good every four years. It doesn't have to be good every year. Now, you would like it to be good. It's your job, the Royals' job, to make it good. It doesn't need to be good every year. Every four years, you need a class. And they had a class. And then you need a class to come in behind them and help out when it's playoff time. The Mm -hmm. White Sox had an unbelievable prospect class, and they have done nothing to supplement it ever since. Mm -hmm. And now the White Sox are trying to make a playoff push, and they have nothing to go get. It's not so dissimilar as the Royals in 2015. Desperately need a couple pieces, and there's nothing to go get. you got to trade the ones you do have to go get the help. So that's what you have to avoid, and the Royals right now aren't ready to contend. But when they are ready to contend, you know who's going to be there? Gavin Cross, Caden Mm -hmm. Wallace, Peyton Wilson. They're going to be there, ready to help out. And, by the way, if the Royals fix their pitching development like they did with the hitting development, they have the talent to turn this back into a top 15 system. Mm -hmm. Alec Marsh, Ace Lacy, Frank Mazzucato, Ben Kaderna, Ben Hernandez. They've got a lot invested into the pitchers in the system that this could be a top 15 – now, probably not more than 15 – 14 to 16 somewhere in that range if the pitching gets fixed not the worst farm system in baseball outrageous take um but that's again the
2: nature of the beast so mm-hmm. yeah i I'll, I'll buy that uh fan base rile up for like chiefs talk and that's why like n- everybody who does quarterback rankings never includes Mahomes or the loudest stadiums never include arrowhead stadium and they, they purposely target that Chiefs fan base. I'm not so sure the Royals fan base has that clout yet. I will, I will just say this about the Royals fan base. Think about we have
1: almost 18,000 people who follow us on Twitter. The Royals fans, and, and credit to y'all, do a great job of paying attention. And I don't think mm. you can say that about every organization. So sometimes I think it's the nature of the business where if you're MLB Pipeline or Baseball America, whose fan bases are paying attention? Well, mm-hmm. let's give them, let's feed them. Let's let's write about their prospects and and, and try to get them to keep buying in. Yeah. So I do think Royals fans in some ways, because I, I agree with you for the most part, but in some ways on the minor league side have earned it because we're paying attention. My yeah. Royals fans are really good about that, which is why we're here.
2: Yeah, good point.
1: Drum Farm, TicketsForLess.com, Kansas City Strength and Conditioning, Kansas City Sports Network, Royals Farm Report.